Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, a 285-year-old lemon found in the back of a drawer was auctioned off for nearly $1,800. Tony Kornheiser, I'm still not sure how I bought it. I was trying to order takeout. I don't know how I got oh, this yeah. thing. Well, you were going for Uber Eats and you wound up auction, you know, bidding on a lemon? And how do we know how yeah. old a lemon is? I don't even believe that's, that's, that's like a problem. Florida man. No. A Florida man. I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm I don't not know. It. I mean, I guess I could ask Yubi if he ever had that lemon in his life, oh, but I don't know how he would check. So mean. I don't know. Yubi loves it. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Orioles are getting sold. Rory McIlroy sounds conciliatory, and Kendrick Perkins joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with reigning MVP Joel Embiid getting hurt last night against Golden State. Embiid can now only miss five more games before he is disqualified from this year's MVP race because you have to play at least 65 games to be eligible. Tyrese Halliburton of Indiana can only miss three more games or he faces disqualification and will lose out on the opportunity to make an extra $40 million for being voted All-NBA. Wilbon, is this fair or foul? Tony, fair is, is, is probably the word I'm going to settle with. I understand that it's difficult. It's tough on players. But part of the reason that the league did this, a big part, is it's fans and sponsors. People who pay to see a certain product made stronger by the availability night after night after night of these players. Players just like these two. Halliburton, a young star in the making, charismatic. Joel Embiid, an older 29 star who's been an MVP. People want to see them. And so that's why the league went to it. They didn't, they didn't want people sitting out for what appeared to be no reason. So they put this 65-game this situation in for people who are going to qualify for individual awards. It's tough. Yeah. Might it be too tough? Might you be searching for an exception here and there or an appeal process? Maybe. But I understand it. And Joe Dumars, who's explained this, has said, look, there might be some collateral damage and the league is not looking to go back. Joe Dumars was a guy who played on average, you know, about 75 out of 82 games every year. So he knows he played a long time in this league. It's tough, Tony. But do I think it's fair? I think it is. Here's the word that I would use. I believe it is well-intentioned, okay? Because the league does not want its best players, players who might be voted for MVP, might be voted All-NBA, doesn't want them sitting out 15, 20, 25 games on a whim. Doesn't want that. I understand that. The problem for me is it doesn't completely take into account legitimate injury. And if you set this number at 65, some people are going to try to play through the injury, Mike, and may get further injured. So, you know, I think it's a hard call. I understand Adam Silver looks at people like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Kyrie Irving. He says, we want you out there so we will disincentivize you sitting out. I understand that. But I guess I'm – 65 just seems arbitrary, Mike. I will say this. I would not vote for anyone for MVP or All-NBA who missed 20, 25 games. I wouldn't do it. They're not out there enough. I would never vote for somebody who played 60 – over somebody who played 78. I wouldn't do it. But a lot of people would look at the amount of games that were won while you were out there and say, this proves your value. So I guess yeah. I'm looking for some wiggle room, Mike, and I don't think there totally is any. Same. same. I understand. That's why it's tough. But 65, it, it may look kind of arbitrary, but we're talking about you still missing 20%. 
And Embiid got yeah. rolled up on last night. It was hard to watch. I winced when I watched it, and I hated seeing that for him because he's tried to be out there. I think he played in a couple of games. He probably shouldn't have, and it might be because of that. Probably is because of that. So, hey, some of these calls aren't easy. It's not meant to be easy. Let's move to the prospective sale of the Baltimore Orioles. The Angelos family bought the O's more than 30 years ago for $173 million and announced this afternoon an agreement to sell the team for nearly 10 times that much, $1.725 billion, to a group led by Baltimore native David Rubenstein. Tony, this transaction would take place over time, but assuming it gets approved, what could it mean for the Orioles? I think it really helps the Orioles. John Angelos has been running the team for a while, doesn't have a single big money guy on there, and they still won 101 games. They've won it by going to their farm system and developing their farm system. And John Angelos, though, has not gone into the free agent market, and he is very cautious about spending money. These new guys have billions of dollars, and they're going to spend some money. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying I think John Angelos is a bad owner. I don't. But he's been extremely cautious. They've got young, great players like the catcher, Adley Rutschman, like an infielder, Gunnar, what's Gunnar's last name? Gunnar Henderson. I think he may have been rookie of the year. You want to lock them up for a long-term deal, okay? And, and that's, they don't have a single guy on their roster signed to a multi-year contract since November of 2018. So this is going to be good for the Orioles. Tony, I don't know if going to be good. I, caution is not the worst word in the world. How has it been for the New York Mets? How has it been for them to have an owner who would go into the tax and spend all the money he has? It hasn't done nothing. Didn't work I'm out. not saying it won't. One year, I'm not didn't saying, work out. Yeah. Right. Okay, so but we've seen teams spend a lot of didn't. money and not work. Yes, the Yankees and the Red Sox, notably in the Dodgers, they have been in that they upper echelon of teams that get to the postseason year after year after year in the Braves, too. After year after year after year. And money, yeah. there's a direct correlation. I get it. Good for Baltimore. Look, I just like seeing great baseball in Baltimore where you and I have seen it up close. We've been in that ballpark. We've been in that city. It's great ball Summers are it's hot a, and the team it's is a great, great. city. Mike, great baseball It's like Cincinnati. City. It's a it small is. city that loves baseball. Yes, and Milwaukee, and the fans there's have still back, a few of them. And they've done a great job on the rebuild there. The GM, yes. Elias, and the manager, they've done a great job caution, on the rebuild. So I'm happy caution. for them. I wish David Rubenstein had bought the Washington Nationals. I wish Ooh, that yeah. had happened. Yeah. That would be yeah. good. We moved to golf. The PGA Tour has entered into a partnership with Strategic Sports Group, a consortium of wealthy team owners like John Henry and Tom Werner of the Red Sox, Arthur Blank of the Falcons, Tim Ricketts of your Cubs. They will provide at least $3 billion to the tour. Negotiations with the Saudi investment fund are still ongoing. And Rory McIlroy says that winning at Pebble Beach this week would be diminished by the absence of Saudi tour players like John Rahm. McElroy thinks they should be allowed to come back without penalty. Wilbon, where do you want to start? I'll tell you there's so many places, but I'll start quickly with Tom Ricketts. Tom Ricketts, the, the Cubs chairman. Um, Tony, I think that you, you, you make this investment in the PGA because you don't want to see any further erosion. And you look and there's competition. And the Saudis were the immediate competition, but it doesn't mean there's not more competition coming. And you and I analogize all the time. We deal with the, the old ABA and what it forced the NBA to do, the AFL. 
and what it forced the NFL and all of football to do. There's an industry-wide concern. And to act like it doesn't exist, which the PGA tried to do, and Rory tried, they tried to, they tried to say, oh, this is not that big a threat. No, it was a hell of a threat. And it all continues to be because somebody else can get a similar idea. So you make that investment to say, this is what we're doing with our product. And I think that's the place that I start and what my takeaway from this story is so far. We are largely in agreement here. I was an English major in college. I don't know anything about business. But I understand that there's an American investment now, and they're still negotiating for a Saudi investment. So it seems to me it might get jumbled in there. They might trip all over each other. You put this money in, presumably to raise the purses, and and, and that's fine. But it doesn't answer to me the fundamental question right now, and I think you would agree with this. Does the Saudi tour still exist? Because yeah. if it still it exists with it all of these investments, no. then, then the only time you're going to get all the great players in the world at the same spot are the four majors. Look right now. This is Pebble Beach. It's one of the most popular viewing golf tournaments in the world. Everybody loves to play it. Everybody loves to watch it. And guys like Rom and Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, they're playing in Mexico. So it's, Mike, it seems fractured to me. It doesn't seem like they're all on the same page. And in terms of Rory, it's easy for Rory to be charitable about bringing these guys back in without penalty because Rory makes a lot of money. What about the guy who's number 60 who stayed on the tour? And these guys are going to come back with tens of millions of dollars and he doesn't have it. Tony, you have to have these people at the big events and more than just the majors or you reduce the product overall. I mean, I turn on to watch Pebble Beach and I've gone down – up, I'm in L.A., to watch at Pebble Beach in person. I've done this. I want to see the best players in the world, and I don't want you to tell me you can't get them because they're off playing somewhere so else. So I don't so know. golf has got to address I that. don't know, Mike. I don't know if you keep the sorting tour. I don't know that that solution is it, it, it exists right in front of us yet. I don't yeah. know that. Maybe Let's so. take a break. Coming up, is it time to take the Knicks seriously? Really? The Knicks? We'll ask Kendrick Perkins. We'll also ask him about LeBron saying he was about to go in on his team after another blowout loss. We got tough issues today. This it doesn't, issues it just tough. doesn't seem like, yes, it doesn't seem like it's fixed. You know what I'm Pardon the interruption is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. You are watching Pardon the Interruption, presented by Grey Goose, part of Happy Hour. Let's get back into the NBA with a man who played in it more recently than Wilbon and I did. Our great friend from NBA Today, Mr. Kendrick Perkins, wearing a grown-up tie, which I like very much. Let's start with the New York Knicks. They have won eight in a row. They have won 14 out of 16. This is the team of my youth. I'm reluctant to go out on a limb for them. Do you think it's safe to believe in them, to really believe in them? Tony, I've been believing in the New York Knicks and Jalen Brunson. And when they, when they acquired OG Ananobi, I become I became a even stronger believer. You better get right before you get left. When you look at the New York Knicks, they're lacking nothing. And when you look at the Eastern Conference right now, it's only one team that I'm taking over them, and it's the Boston Celtics. And if they happen to match up in a seven-game series, I strongly believe that it will go seven games. This Knicks team have an identity on both ends of the floor. They bring a, a different level of physicality, and they give me those family chemistry vibes that takes a team to another level. You hear that, Tony? You hear that? Huh? I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> Perk, Perk, that's not like Stephen A. signing off. That's Perk signing off. Mm. That's impressive. Perk, let's go to the other coast. You and I this morning have been talking about the Lakers already. They got blown out by the Hawks. They got blown out by the Rockets before that. They're under 500 again. They got the Celtics and the Knicks coming up on the road. And LeBron seems frustrated. Perk, you know him. You love him. Where do you think Bron is right now with this team? He's he's putting the Lakers on the clock, the front office, Rob, Rob Palenka and Jenny Buss. They're on the clock to make a move, right? Like, he knows that they don't have enough, and they don't, not to compete in a tough Western Conference. And it's, a, it's not about the Lakers making it into the play-in tournament and having a deep playoff run. Anytime you have LeBron James, it's about winning championships. We're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers here, one of the most historical franchises in sports history who is known for what? Hanging banners and winning championships. So if you're not talking about winning the championship, then you're not speaking LeBron James language. Uh, that's definitive. We're going to move to the Mavericks, uh, who are at the Wolves tonight. And, of course, you know Jason Kidd recently said the other day of Luka, he's better than Dirk. He's in the atmosphere of MJ, Kobe, and LeBron, the best to ever do it. Um, Perk, how did hearing that sit to you? It, you know what? I had to go back and listen to it again, and I think J. Kidd left out a very important part that he meant to say. The atmosphere at Luca's age, because he couldn't have been talking about their career, right? Because that would have just been crazy. But when you think about what Luca is doing right now, like I, I, I haven't seen. A, I, I've said this since he came in, into the league that he's a LeBron James minus the athleticism, right? Like he's going to give you the buckets, he's going to give you the assists, he's going to give you the rebounds, he's going to manage the game. He's going to be a floor general, a playmaker, all the above. And so when you think about what Luka is doing to the league right now, I mean, 
Jay Kidd, I mean, he, he's really on to something, but he missed out that in very important piece at this age. It's very good that you said that because Wilbon hates Luka Doncic and no, says I he's don't. immature and <laughs> no, says get, get on a treadmill. No, let's yes, get this straight so right good. now. So you when Luka plays his good. first bit of defense, when he plays Ray his play first bit of defense, I will put him with those guys. And Perk raises a great that's point a, about the age. A, that's a valid point. start defending. We will, we will get you out of here on this. You were known in the league as a strong defensive player. How does it sit with you when you see the amount of points being put up by teams and so many individuals? How are you with that? I turn the TV off, Tony. <laughs> the, the, no, and, and, and I'm so serious. The other night when I was watching Luca put up that 70-piece against the Hawks, I turned the television off. It was a lack of effort defensively. It's bad for the game of basketball. These guys are playing with no pride, no type of spirit on the defensive end. Coach, Coach Finch, right, he came out publicly after Carl Anthony Towns, I think, had, what, 62, and they lost to the Hornets. He came out publicly and he said, we were disrespecting the basketball guards, meaning we, was, we wasn't playing the game the right way. And when you think of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the right way for them is defending at a high level, sharing the basketball on the offensive end, but most importantly, doing it together. So when I see all of these guys going for these points and no one is taking pride in playing defense, I turn the TV off and go to bed. It's disturbing to watch. And the league has to clean it up. They have to clean it up. I don't know if it's, you know, you know, go, you know, getting back to the officiating, whether they change a few rules where you're allowed to, you know, do a little bit of hand checking and chest bumping and, you know, a little elbow chucking or whatever the case may be. But we got to get back to some type of morals for the game. My God. Tell the, tell the truth, Phil Perk. It's fun to go to sleep early, isn't it? I do it all the time. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> appreciate you, Perk. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's take one last break. Still to come, the Seahawks decide who to hire as their next head coach. Tony, I'm not letting Perk turn the game off tonight because that means I won't see it either because I'm with him. And another bad night okay. for a highly ranked college basketball team. It's a tough night. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour. 
Happy time, people. Happy 27th birthday, Dante DiVincenzo. The two-time NCAA champion at Villanova has started the last 28 games for the Knicks. He had 33 last night against Utah. He's averaging 12 points a game, shooting 45.9% from the field, and that's fine. But the hook here is that DiVincenzo is one of four Villanova guards on the Knicks. Ryan Archidiacono rarely plays, but Josh Hart is scoring 7.4 points per game with 6.7 rebounds in 28 minutes. And Jalen Brunson is the star of the team, averaging 26.8 points a game, 6.5 assists, and shooting 48% from the field. It's like the garden is filling north. Why is Tom Thibodeau coaching this team? Why isn't Jay Wright? Oh, what a cheap shot at Tibbs. Brunson should be an all-star. I mean, with all due respect, I love Dame Lillard. Who doesn't love Dame Lillard? Brunson, this year, with the Knicks doing what they're doing and him leading the way, he is an all-star. Should be a starter. Happy anniversary, Doug Williams. On this day 36 years ago, the veteran quarterback who had originally been a first-round draft pick by Tampa Bay was named Super Bowl MVP after leading Washington to a 42-10 blowout of Denver. Williams completed 18 of 29 passes for 340 yards and four touchdowns, all in the second quarter, setting a Super Bowl record for most touchdown passes in a half, let alone a quarter. Running back Timmy Smith set a Super Bowl record as well, rushing 22 times for 204 yards, two touchdowns, nearly 100 yards more than he had ever gained in an NFL game. Williams had six hours of root canal the day before the game, which sounds insane. He is still in Washington as a senior advisor. Still in Washington, Tony, living as a Washingtonian, still soaking up the adoration as he should. I know how much you love Doug Williams. You only wrote about him. him seemingly him. every day that season. We both, Doug love Williams, him. one of our all-time faves. And I was at that game. Happy trails to number three, North Carolina, and number five, Tennessee. Once again, top-ranked teams went down in college basketball last night, as they have all season. North Carolina went down on the road to unranked Georgia Tech. Tennessee went down at home to unranked South Carolina. This season, top 10 ranked teams are now 25 and 29 on the road against unranked teams, according to CBS Sports. That 46.3 winning percentage is by far the worst win rate of all time. Georgia Tech's win, their third home win over top 25 team this season. South Carolina's win, the school's first road win over a top five team since 1997. Wilbon Northwestern is at number two Purdue tonight. Can you beat him again? Tony, I'm hoping. We beat two top tens already at our place. Purdue when they were one and Illinois at ten. I'd love to keep it going. Big finish so quickly. Seahawks are hiring Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their new head coach. Make sense? In his two seasons as defensive coordinator, Baltimore was third in points allowed and first in points allowed. It's pretty darn good. Chiefs choose to wear red in the Super Bowl. You good with that? Yeah, I hope it's the red of uh, Taylor Swift's lipstick. Bobby Slowick will stay with the Texans as offensive coordinator. Is that significant? That guy and that offense is a monster. They could be as good as that defense. They can be a problem in the AFC. Houston could be great next year. Jerry Jones said he's 100% supportive of Mike McCarthy, and there's no doubt in his mind he could work with Bill Belichick. What? What does that mean? That sounds like a con conflicting statement, there. Last one, the NBA find Anthony Edwards 40 grand for his rip of the refs. I said 50 yesterday. It was 40 yeah. fair. Yeah, you overbid. 40 fair. Right. He knew it was coming. He knew it. a lot of time. Try and do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads, two NBA countdowns tonight. ESPN 730, ABC at 8. <laughs>